0: This is a four-sided planer, so effectively it's it's planing all four faces of a piece of timber at
1: once. Just behind Sisk's Dublin head office, there is a large building with a lot of large machines and a group of apprentice carpenters operating them, making a variety of different kinds of timber products. This is the training centre, also known as the joinery, which John G. Sisk set up over 50 years ago. And I'm here with Ronan Murphy, the manager of the centre.
0: So we're in the John G. Sisk training centre. That's a very important part of the Sisk fabric, if you like. Uh, John G. Sisk was one of the original founders. It was his vision, to uh, thought of the training centre. But it was based on family history of trades. Old John, as we call him himself, started in Cork. He was an apprentice plaster. John G was an apprentice carpenter in his day. So they had a great affinity and a realisation for what apprenticeship brings to a construction company and the quality of people that come out of it. Uh, so his vision led to not the structure we're in now. Uh, it was a, a pre-fab building back then, actually when I started, a tiny little operation, but the quality of material and the quality of tradesmen that come out of that was second to none.
1: A love of natural materials like wood and stone, how they are best used in the projects both large and small that Sisk is behind, and the training of the craftspeople that work with them, is very much a part of the fabric of John Sisk and Son. And this is what we are going to focus on in this episode of Inside Sisk. Inside Sisk is a podcast series brought to you by John Sisk and Son, where we meet the people behind the projects. I'm Patrick Hawhey, and in this episode, I will be meeting two Sisk team members who have spent a lifetime working with timber and have become highly skilled masters of their trade. One of them is Ronan Murphy, who we just heard from there, and the other is Declan O'Donovan, now working as construction manager at Sisk. I'll also meet some of the next generation, Eddie Mungi and Owen Grocott, who are two of the current intake of apprentices in the John G. Sisk Training Centre. But first, let's get a bit more of a sense of just how ingrained this love of natural materials is in the fabric of the company. When I met Christine and Hal Sisk to record our interview for episode one of this series, they both spoke about the passion that John G. Sisk had for wood and for stone, and how this is also a passion that is shared by the rest of the family you noticed his love of wood is that right yeah
2: yeah and that's just that's transgenerational Um, you you know if you talk to any of my cousins um, it is wood it is we are quite nerdy i would put it that way about wood we all really love wood we like it in its simplest form very little adornment and, um, you know, if you talk to the guys over in the joinery, they'll talk. A lot of us will go and go, well, we'd like X, Y and Z mate, And it's just no handles, no handles. So they, they've got to the point where they just kind of go, The is handle, which is you, a, no, a door with no handle or just somewhere where you hook your fingers behind to open it. And, uh,
1: so, so very much about the materials. Very sp- much about for the themselves. materials,
2: the materials speak for themselves. And whether that is a, a kind of an interpretation of the work speaks for itself, it, whether it's an interpretation of that we are understated. It is not about drawing attention to yourself. It is about delivering
3: and good work following on from what christine was saying there about wood uh to that we could add a stone natural stone which was another great passion of his it was very unusual in that when he joined the construction industry the, the the family firm in 1930 there were very few professionally qualified engineers working in the construction industry if you graduated as an engineer you went into design or uh public service what happened there at that time was that the cork city hall was being rebuilt and this was a, a, a major contract and the so he started work with his father and unusually for an engineer civil en- a qualified civil engineer he got involved in the joinery the woodwork right and the stonework and taught himself so much about those materials, a passion which he retained to the very end. The other memory we have of him was sitting at the far side sketching. He was, in some respects, a frustrated architect, yeah. <laughs> and he sketched uh, with his left hand and wrote with his right hand. Like many people um, in, in times past, they had the left-handedness beaten out of them, yeah. and, uh, and yet the artistic side came out with the left hand. More recently, and especially, there is another twist in the story, is that uh, there the National Wood Awards highlight and celebrate um, wood construction, everything from furniture and cutlery to major buildings uh, at uh, at home and uh, by Irish uh, designers abroad, and I'm very happy to say that the uh, uh, the company won the top award for Centre Parks. Now it's quite important to say that this is a design and build contract whereas in previous t- era times uh, one might everything might be specified by an architect but in the design and build process we the contractors have a major input in the selection of the materials and how they're used and the design features. And here again, we have a, a, a passion for timber construction.
4: My name is Declan O'Donovan. Um, I suppose I am a construction manager with CISC, with Sisk since 1992, a <laughs> long time at this stage. Um, all of a sudden you become one of the older members of staff by, by default I don't know what happened and when it happened but that's that's where we are at the minute
1: <laughs> Excellent So you your background is uh, as a carpenter basically is that how you started out Yeah So t- take me right back to the to the start there
4: I suppose I started off serving my time with a small company in West Cork and I, I was in third year and I suppose back in 92 things were probably quiet in West Cork so I got laid off and I suppose at the time, my main target was to get my qualification to see out my trade. And I got a job at CISC, and that was the the basis of it, to finish out my trade and get my papers and take it from there and see where it went. And I suppose one thing led to another, and all of a sudden, here we are nearly 30 years later. I always loved doing things with my hands. I, like, but um, timber, timber is fabulously versatile product you can do anything to it um, and it still today probably has lost a certain amount of its charm and we'd say the way things are doing, being done today but if you do a project and kind of take a nod to the history you know if you're if you go going to an old church look at the roof the roof while it's doing its practical job the effort and the work they put into it to make it actually decorative and you know the the tools they had hundreds of years ago and still the roof is perfect today um, when you think of it in the past the tools they had were basic enough but they had a thing called time yeah you know so i suppose where we're gone today is the time is the the main we'll say problem that we'd have so but we have the tool, we have the machinery so you can use cncs you can laser cut you can do so many things nowadays with the machinery that you can get the same finish with less time yeah. and nowadays i suppose you've got the glulam beams you, you know they can do so many spans so much you know it takes like the center parks like the big swim pools and you have glulam beams spanning fabulous distances and looks the part you know so timber is just uh, so versatile you can you can do so much with it with very little effort
1: you started off very successfully, and you were really good at what you did.
4: Tried my best, you. Anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: You went so, on to win national competitions.
4: I did, yeah. I did the Ash Prince competition. Um, like, they're the, the winning medal. It's silver medal, unusually, for first place. Like, they're a lovely moment to have. Moment to have. Um, and it isn't about the medal. It isn't really. It's um, you'd meet some great people doing the competitions, um, one of the lads that did the competition with me in the joinery, we competed against each other, was Richard Sheehan, and he's still with Sisk in Dublin. You know, so um, you do meet people, and you're it's the last kind of five or six that are left standing, and they go, you go to Dublin, and you have three days, and best man standing at the end of it all. Um but it Was you. It was, it <laughs> on that occasion <laughs> and, <laughs> no, uh,
1: and not just that occasion what yeah. were you, and two two separate uh, yeah I
4: did I won the Carpentry first in 93 and I won the January in 94 so it was the first time it was done and it was nice to have something don't know whether it was done since don't yeah. know <laughs> um, no it was, it was great I'd encourage anyone to take part in anything like that it's no load um, the, the likes of Cisco at the time to be fair I had great support from them um but, you know, you go up there and you see you see something different. Um like the Chinese team were training on one of the competitions, I think it was the carpentry, and they were doing training and they came to Ireland as part of their training at the time. I don't know whether that still happens nowadays or not, but they came and they were working away on the side doing their own thing, doing the same the same as we were doing, but they weren't taking part in the competition. It was just they were training. Um, so it was nice it was interesting it was and interesting. do you remember
1: what you did? Did you have to make something? Did you have to do a certain amount of joints in a certain amount of time or
4: yeah, like in in the carpentry, it's basically roof geometry it, is, it goes back to your 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 church roof and but it would be based on a shape that you probably couldn't build a building underneath. It could be any kind of shape, and it's all about just getting the angles and developing it all first, and then you actually cut the timber and make it. Um, the joinery would be more based on a model sized door or a model window it might be kind of 1.2 metres by 600 and there'd be maybe a circular window and it might be a gothic arch like you'd have in a church door you know and it's all the different joints so then the judges would come along and they'd test it all hand tight before you glue it because you know the margin is very very small you know from kind of first to fourth there's nothing between you like so they they check you all the way through the the process um and so they mark you as you go along. So if you can have joints that are over tight or too loose, you know, you lose marks. And um, and so that's that's the way it was in anyway, back back then. And
1: do you remember how you felt when you were handed the, the silver in this case? Uh,
4: um that was great. Um you put a lot of effort into it. you you do like and everyone does. And you know, you'd be looking at you'd be so busy doing your own thing, you Pay very little attention to what's going on around you, and it is only at the very end that you can actually stand back and walk around to different benches and have a look at them. And like you'd hate to be the judge picking who's one, two, three, or four because at the same time, you know what everyone has gone through. You know, it is tis a, tis a hard slog, but on the day I came out on top, when I was younger, I'd have worked with a lot of site agents that were very cool. and if you can see a person under pressure and people deal with pressure so differently. Um and the person that can that doesn't panic be very analytical and look at it and come up with an answer. You know, the, the, I'd worked with a lot of lads of the older foreman or like that. And um they'd seen it before. That's the other thing. I suppose in the, um I suppose when I was younger in the carpentry and um, Jimmy Duncan was looking after the apprentices. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was, he was a gentleman. Um, and I suppose in recent years, it was, I'd have spent a lot of time with talking to Dave Tracy, God rest him. Um, he passed away there last Christmas, but he was an authority on timber. And he, I'd often, he was in, based in the, the school in Dublin, in the joinery shop. What he didn't know about timber, like I could ring him about anything, and he'd, he'd either go and find out or else he'd know it was brilliant you know there's, there's so many people within CISC no matter what um, discipline you're looking at there's somebody that knows you know it probably takes about two phone calls to find that person you know somebody knows knowledge is power um, and you know if somebody is stuck in a problem the great the, it's great to get that phone call and if you can help them it is it's actually it's, it's a great thing to be able to do If you, you mightn't be able to do it but you might know somebody that can help them and point them in the right direction and it's no one wants to see anyone struggling you know because work is hard enough you know anything to make it that be easier
1: even though it was many years ago it's clear that the time declan spent in the joinery and the people he met there made a big impact on him and it all helped to nurture his love of working with timber and hone the skills of his trade well we met ronan murphy a little earlier he is the current manager of the joinery training center After he had taken me on a tour of the facility, we went to his office to continue the conversation and it turns out that, like Declan, he has also been with Sisk for quite some time.
0: I joined Sisk 38 years ago. My father was a carpenter with Sisk and had been with Sisk for over 45 years when he retired. Uh, My grandfather was a carpenter and his grandfather was a carpenter, so it's a long line. They weren't all with Sisk, to continue that, my own son served his time with Cisco and he's a carpenter, went through our procedure, if you like, and is now a site foreman. So continuing that circle.
1: Oh, very good. Is he a site foreman
0: with CISC? He's a site foreman. He's on Vincent's Hospital at the moment. Oh, very good. So uh, it is. it's an industry that's obviously deep in my family and a big part of what we do. And while he was torn between music, he was going to do a music degree or he was going to become a carpenter so he asked what what will I do I said I can't tell you what to do I wouldn't tell you but if you're that if your music is that important to you, it'll still be there in four years time you'll be a qualified carpenter and that as well as, okay he was my own son but that would be the advice I'd give to any young boy or girl uh, that is considering this that it is something it's a life skill uh, you can go you can travel anywhere in the world you can feed yourself and still be able to do those other parts of your life that you want to fill in but you're able to you have a uh, provide for yourself you have a living
1: you're from a long line of carpenters and your son is, is in CISC as well as are you um, does it have a meaning for you that CISC is a family run company
0: uh, it's enormous it's a huge part of it I uh, often joke like I, I know nothing more than CISC I joined CISC when I was straight from the Leaving Cert that year. Uh, I went off to Australia for a year, but was straight back to CISC when I came back. So it's, I've known nothing else. Um, and as I, when I was growing up, I knew nothing else because my father was there. So um, the family connection uh, is huge. I only became aware of that when I joined CISC, of how the family themselves were so deeply involved in the day-to-day running of the company. Uh, it would have been very easy over those generations of CISCs to to pare it back and, and pull away and let others run the company for them, but very hands-on. Um, and that's certainly appealing to, uh, as an employee, that resonates. Uh, but equally, I think it resonates with a lot of our clients as well, is that this business is running over 160 years now and that the same family are involved throughout of all that. That says a lot about a business. So I suppose the sort of people that we like to get here uh we're very lucky in that we're always hugely oversubscribed with the number that apply, we could have up uh, well over a hundred most years. It has such a good name in, in the industry and, and in the wider world. Uh so we're exclusively able to, to take lads and girls who are who have a leaving cert, uh mostly who have some sort of construction studies or woodwork in their background. But by far, and we're, we're sick, I suppose, of hearing ourselves say it, by far the most important attitude is attitude. Um, that it doesn't matter almost what you've done in your past. If it's leaping out of you, and you'll know what I mean, when someone just wants to be, uh, has to be, you know, it's a bit like, it, it's to me it's a form of art. You're, you just have to do this thing. You want to do something with your hands. And that that's how the person shines out at, at interview, which is why our, our interviews are so crucial. So, um, as I say, we're we're very lucky in that regard. And it does mean that we get a hugely high quality candidate coming to us in the first place. Um, and then our interviews get it down to the ones that we most want. But it is always a, a quality over quantity. There's some years we took very few because for whatever reason, the candidates weren't there. Um, we have we lose some from time to time, you know, people go off. They want to do other things and they see other futures for themselves. But in the main, we retain a huge amount of our people, you know.
1: Yeah. In that interview, what kind of questions do you ask them to try and uh, extract that sort of feeling that, that, that they, they want to work with their hands?
0: Yeah, I suppose it. it some of it comes out purely in conversation, and uh, I suppose you'll be familiar with getting someone talking, getting them easy with themselves, and so speaking about how they got here and. Well, who dropped you up oh you drove yourself or no you're doing your driving test so there's usually two interviewing uh, Winifred our cha- training manager will be there so we'll take turns at sort of easing them into things asking them simple questions their, their email their phone number and what you know simple stuff just to get them settled and then there's a couple of tasks again to get them settled one is to, to sketch a, some little object that we'll have in the room just to to buy a bit of time let them Settle their head a bit and see. It's a, it's a real test. It's a really important skill to be able to communicate with no language, if you like, uh, a drawing of something that you you're asked to make or you're, you have a question to ask. So it's a very important skill to have. Um, but I suppose when it gets to the point of you, you've this, you've done this in school, you've done that in school. What do you do at your summers? What uh, what do you do at the weekends? And if you're getting the answers of oh I, I made a spice rack for my granny or I tried to make uh, a planter box for my neighbour something like that they're the people straight away there was probably no one forcing them to do that but they're just loved it I had to work out, oh it was awful, that's great, what went wrong and suddenly if they're talking uh, you know without prompt about what went wrong and what went right you know this is the right sort of person you know? and that's the attitude that, that jumps out you know
1: while I was in the joinery, Ronan introduced me to a couple of the successful candidates from the most recent round of applications. They are a few months into the apprenticeship now, and they told me what got them interested in carpentry in the first place and how they were getting on so far in the joinery.
5: So my name is Eddie Mungi. Uh, I'm 19. Uh, I'm a first-year apprentice carpenter here with Zisk and I started in May of this year. Yeah, we well, I'm from Dublin and... Uh, m- my dad's a, a builder himself. So from a young age, I always sort of loved being around the tools and that sort of stuff. Um, and then when I was in transition year, I was sort of, s- the, they were really pushing apprenticeships. Uh, just, you've seen it in the media, you've seen it in a lot of places. Um, and I went on c- work experience to a joinery and I really loved it. Uh, just seeing the lads start off with cheap material and raw material and make make stuff at the end of it great job satisfaction and I just say, said that's what I want to do so then when I was in sort of fifth and sixth year I went to school in town and there was actually a, a CISC site around the corner from my school one Wilton and for engineers week we got invited in uh, on a site visit and I got just talking to the site agent there because he said he had uh, started out as a apprentice carpenter here now and he's and he's running the site and I just thought this is deadly I got to talking to him And uh, I just ended up Going for the job here And luckily enough I got it So what's the
1: atmosphere Out like in the floor then Because you're around your, You're around the, the people you're working With every day
5: Yeah so it's good There's a great sort of range there's, there's lads really from I thought there'd be A lot of Dublin lads But there's actually Quite a lot of lads Up from the country um, We're all in, Sort of I'm one of the youngest here When I started off But there's Lads as old as 26 In here you know um, So there's a great range It's and it's a good bit of crack as well you know yeah. and so what's an average day like uh, see so come in at half eight in the morning and you'd either depends sometimes you'd be given a job straight away to get stuck into other times uh, you might be given something at the start for a week or you might be you know I was making a, a kitchen unit there so I'd, I'd started that there on Monday and I'd been spraying it throughout the week and it was ready to go out today. so. What's the feeling like when you finish something like that? It's it's really nice being sort of given a job like that. You can do from start to finish, you know, it starts off as a, a sheet of ply and by the end of it, it's a, it's a kitchen unit uh, finished with a countertop. It, there's great job satisfaction in it. That's what I really love about the job, you know.
1: So um, speaking about the good bits of the job, what's the bit you've enjoyed the most so far?
5: I suppose every day is a learning day. That's what I really like about it. You know, you peep, you hear people saying, oh, I can't be bothered getting up for work tomorrow, you know. It's great coming in and learning something and knowing at the end of the day you'll be better at doing something than you are at the start of the day. Um, and never once have I said, oh God, I'm dreading going into work tomorrow, you know. I've, I've always really enjoyed coming in here every day and I can't complain at all. Is there one
1: bit that's kind of the the hardest bit or the bit you went? Oh, that's this a bit challenging now. It's a bit. Of, I'll have to kind of work at this.
5: Well, I suppose w- w- when you start off, uh, you're 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 full of excitement, and um, but the first few weeks there's a lot of sanding uh, and a lot of edge sealing, and uh, that's hard enough going. You know, y- y- your hands are are worn out by the end of the day you just sanding. But eventually, then you start be- you start to be given more jobs and. Uh, it's great then just to be like that, like I said, giving a project at the start and being able to go start from finish and make something and and see it go out then in the end. You know, there's a huge, there's great range with carpentry. You know, you you might start off doing framing in a house and you're doing drywalls, skirting, doors, architrave, then you're even fitting the locks. As Ronan said to us, there'll always be a carpenter on site. you'll have a carpenter from the first stage to the last stage Um, and that's what I really liked you know electricians just sort of come in and go and same with plumbing was another one I was sort of looking at because I know there's a bit of a shortage of wet trades but again it's hidden there's there's a fair bit of dirty work with that I wouldn't fancy doing that so I said carpentry was the right one for me
1: tell us a bit about your your dad and the kind of work he does and the kind of work you did with him
5: uh, yeah so so my dad he, he's a he's a groundworks contractor down the port, so I was actually sort of the only real carpentry I was doing with him was just bits of shuttering for concrete and and farm work and um, and then obviously a lot of concrete and uh, that's that'd be his sort of area works down in the part yeah and is it hard work it is yeah uh, god I don't miss the winter down there though it was <laughs> it was bitter at times but uh, it's all the- outdoor it's all outdoor, yeah. There's there's no hiding from the elements, but that's nearly the nice thing about being in the joinery. it's Very cosy. <laughs> ah, it is although on a on a on a, on a sunny day, it's it, you'd rather be outside. Now it's it can get fairly warm in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you, you you'd like to split your year between working with your dad and working in uh, the joinery. Yeah. <laughs> and what does yeah. he think you now uh, working here? Is he is he proud to see you following his footsteps to a certain extent?
5: Ah yeah, sure. He's delighted. You know, uh, he doesn't have a tr- doesn't necessarily to speak a, a trade behind him. Um, and I th- I think kinda he said if you could go back he'd love to have a trade, you know. When he left school in the eighties, it was the middle of a recession, there wasn't many trades going. Um so he's sort of delighted for me now that I'm I'm in with Sisk and I'm I'm learning a trade.
6: Uh my name's Owen Grocott and uh, I'm a four share apprentice here in the Sisk Union, in Ballymount. Um here about five months or so, starting uh in May, fifth May, so I Was working in Smithfield with Sisk as a G.O. and then, I was got chatting to a foreman and that, and then you know, just got put on from there. What's a G.O.? A uh, general operative, so like just you know, bits of everything really on site, bringing in trucks and all, and helping park concrete, clean the loading bay. And,
1: and how did you end up there? We have you always been sort of thinking when you were in school and stuff that you'd like to get into um, uh, into construction in general, or did you sort of fall into it?
6: Yeah, no, I was always interested in construction, yeah, since I was small, I was always, like, doing stuff with my hands, so yeah. that's where I was heading, really, yeah.
1: And what was it, do you, do you have people in your family who were involved, or did you just, um, something came naturally well,
6: to you? After, yeah, like, and uncles and brothers and all that, into construction, so, it's kind of like that, and then always when I was young, because I was just just like fix me bike and like all that stuff. Just always doing stuff with my hands. So. Yeah,
1: I was talking to Eddie earlier, and he was talking about that. It's a it's a really nice feeling to start off with a piece of wood and yeah. turn, then see it become a kitchen cabinet or something like yeah,
6: that. Yeah, it is. fascinating uh, it's fascinating.
1: No yeah. What what kind of stuff have you done that have has given you that sort of feeling? Like oh yeah, it looks good. Um,
6: <clears throat> just literally like. Start from bare timber like going through the machine shop with Tony and then coming out to us, and then we have to like sand it and prep it and then paint it and then assemble it, and then it's like a finished piece then I just from from like a bit of timber like
1: does it make you confident in what you're doing,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah definitely.
1: Owen and Eddie are part of the next generation of the wider CISC family, and what they learn today during such a formative time in their lives and careers might well stay with them for many, many years to come. And I think the integrity and simplicity inherent in some of the core values at CISC makes that far more likely to happen. It was very interesting to hear Declan O'Donovan recall something that he had been told over two decades ago.
4: When I was thinking about this over the weekend, I just thought back to one of the things that an old site agent told me when I started as a foreman. He said there's only five things that CISC will ever expect of a person on a site. And they're very simple. Deliver an agreed project within an agreed time frame to an agreed standard within an agreed budget safely. Five things. I was told that 25 years ago. And I, I often think about it. You know, like there's five things, five core things that probably you'd find a link to every aspect in the business somewhere to them things.
1: So let's wrap up in the same place that we started, out on the floor of the John G. Sisk Training Center. Ronan Murphy is taking me on a tour and introducing me to some of the apprentices. And before we wrapped up, he briefly described the next steps for the joinery and the vision that the company has for it.
0: So we're standing now in the newer building, it's about 20 odd years old. Uh, A much expanded version of what it was. It is a, a commercial facility, much different machinery than it would have been back then, with greater capabilities. But even at that, it was CISC's realisation that, again, the, the people that come out of this, while back in the day they would have been tradesmen, our industry has changed so much. And while we produce 10 or 12 carpenters every year, a great portion of those go on to be site supervisors, which is a huge resource of company. You can't buy that sort of talent and, and in-house, you know. Sustainability, we invented the word, I think. So. We're in this new facility, but we we plan to go across to an even bigger facility to expand not so much the apprentice numbers as the experience we can give them and how we can feed back into the business and be as profitable as we can for the business.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside CISC. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again for the next one.